This is Chapter Thirty Four of Huckleberry Finn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Chapter Thirty Four: The Hut by the Ash Hopper, Outrageous, Climbing the Lightning Rod, Troubled with Witches. We stopped talking and got to thinking. By and by, Tom says, "Looky here, Huck. What fools we are to not think of it before. I bet I know where Jim is. No, where?" in that hut down by the ash hopper why looky here when we was at dinner didn't you see a nigger man go in there with some vittles yes what did you think the vittles was for for a dog so'd i well it wasn't for a dog why because part of it was watermelon so it was i noticed it well it does beat all that i never thought about a dog not eating watermelon it shows how a body can see and don't see at the same time well the nigger unlocked the padlock when he went in and he locked it again when he came out he fetched uncle a key about the time we got up from table same key i bet watermelon shows man lock shows prisoner and it ain't likely there's two prisoners on such a little plantation and where the people's all so kind and good jim's the prisoner all right i'm glad we found it out detective fashion i wouldn't give shucks for any other way now you work your mind and study out a plan to steal jim and i will study out one too and we'll take the one we like the best what a head for just a boy to have if i had tom sawyer's head i wouldn't trade it off to be a duke nor mate of a steamboat nor clown in a circus nor nothing i can think of i went to thinking out a plan but only just to be doing something i knowed very well where the right plan was going to come from pretty soon tom says ready yes i says all right bring it out my plan is this i says we can easy find out if it's jim in there then get up my canoe tomorrow night and fetch my raft over from the island then the first dark night that comes steal the key out of the old man's breeches after he goes to bed and shove off down the river on the raft with jim hiding daytimes and running nights the way me and jim used to do before wouldn't that plan work work why certainly it would work like rats a-fighting but it's too blame simple there ain't no nothing to it what's the good of a plan that ain't no more trouble than that it's as mild as goose milk why huck it wouldn't make no more talk than breaking into a soap factory i never said nothing because i weren't expecting nothing different but i knowed mighty well that whenever he got his plan ready it wouldn't have none of them objections to it and it didn't he told me what it was and i see in a minute it was worth fifteen of mine for style and would make jim just as free a man as mine would and maybe get us all killed besides so i was satisfied and said we would waltz in on it i needn't tell what it was here because i knowed it wouldn't stay the way it was i knowed he would be changing it around every which way as we went along and heaving in new bullinesses whenever he got a chance and that is what he done well one thing was dead sure and that was that tom sawyer was in earnest and was actually going to help steal that nigger out of slavery that was a thing that was too many for me here was a boy that was respectable and well brung up and had a character to lose and folks at home that had characters and he was bright and not leather-headed and knowing and not ignorant and not mean but kind and yet here he was without any more pride or rightness or feeling than to stoop to this business and make himself a shame 
and his family a shame before everybody i couldn't understand it no way at all it was outrageous and i knowed i ought to just up and tell him so and so be his true friend and let him quit the thing right where he was and save himself and i did start to tell him but he shut me up and says don't you reckon i know what i'm about don't i generally know what i'm about yes didn't i say i was going to help steal the nigger yes well then that's all he said and that's all i said it weren't no use to say any more because when he said he'd do a thing he always done it but i couldn't make out how he was willing to go into this thing so i just let it go and never bothered no more about it if he was bound to have it so i couldn't help it when we got home the house was all dark and still so we went on down to the hut by the ash-hopper for to examine it we went through the yard so as to see what the hounds would do they knowed us and didn't make no more noise than country dogs is always doing when anything comes by at the night when we got to the cabin we took a look at the front and the two sides and on the side i weren't acquainted with which was the north side we found a square window hole up tolerable high with just one stout board nailed across it i says here's the ticket this hole's big enough for jim to get through if we wrench off the board tom says it's as simple as tit-tat-toe three in a row and as easy as playing hooky i should hope we can find a way that's a little more complicated than that huck finn well then i says how'll it do to saw him out the way i done before i was murdered that time that's more like he says it's real mysterious and troublesome and good he says but i bet we can find a way that's twice as long there ain't no hurry let's keep on looking around betwixt the hut and the fence on the back side was a lean-to that joined the hut at the eaves and was made out of plank it was as long as the hut but narrow only about six foot wide the door to it was at the south end and was padlocked tom he went to the soap kettle and searched around and fetched back the iron thing they lift the lid with so he took it and prized out one of the staples the chain fell down and we opened the door and went in and shut it and struck a match and see the shed was only built against a cabin and hadn't no connection with it and there weren't no floor to the shed nor nothing in it but some old rusty played-out hoes and spades and picks and a crippled plow the match went out and so did we and shoved in the staple again and the door was locked as good as ever tom was joyful he says now we're all right we'll dig him out it'll take about a week then we started for the house and i went in the back door only you have to pull a buckskin latch-string they don't fasten the doors but that warn't romantical enough for tom sawyer no way would do him but he must climb up the lightning rod but after he got up halfway about three times and missed fire and fell every time and the last time most busted his brains out he thought he'd got to give it up but after he was rested he allowed he would give her one more turn for luck and this time he made the trip in the morning we was up at break of day and down to the nigger cabins to pet the dogs and make friends with the nigger that fed jim if it was jim that was being fed the niggers was just getting through breakfast and starting for the fields and jim's nigger was piling up a tin pan with bread and meat and things and whilst the others was leaving the key come from the house this nigger had a good-natured chuckle-headed face and his wool was all tied up in little bunches with thread that was to keep witches off 
he said the witches was pestering him awful these nights and making him see all kinds of strange things and hear all kinds of strange words and noises and he didn't believe he was ever witch so long before in his life he got so worked up and got to running on so about his troubles he forgot all about what he'd been a-going to do so tom says what's the vittles for going to feed the dogs the nigger kind of smiled around gradually over his face like when you heave a brickbat in a mud puddle and he says yes my sid the dog curry's dog too does you want to go and look at him yes i hunched tom and whispers you going right here in the daybreak that warn't the plan no it warn't but it's the plan now so drat him we went along but i didn't like it much when we got in we couldn't hardly see anything it was so dark but jim was there sure enough and could see us and he sings out why huck and good land ain't dat mr tom i just knowed how it would be i just expected it i didn't know nothing to do and if i had i couldn't have done it because that nigger busted in and says why the gracious sakes do he know you gentlemen and we could see pretty well now tom he looked at the nigger steady and kind of wondering and says does who know us why dis yer runaway nigger i don't reckon he does but what put that into your head what put it dar didn't he just dis minute sing out like he knowed you tom says in a puzzled kind of way well that's mighty curious who sung out when did he sing out what did he sing out and turns to me perfectly calm and says did you hear anybody sing out course there weren't nothing to be said but the one thing so i says no i ain't heard nobody say nothing then he turns to jim and looks him over like he never seen him before and says did you sing out no sir says jim i hain't said nothing sir not a word no sir i ain't said a word did you ever see us before no sir not as i knows on so tom turns to the nigger which was looking wild and distressed and says kind of severe what do you reckon's the matter with you anyway what made you think somebody sung out oh it's de dad blame witches sir and i wished i was dead i do dey's allus at it sir and dey do most kill me dey scares me so please to don't tell nobody about it sir er old mars silas he'll scold me cause he say dey hain't no witches i just wish to goodness he was here now den what would he say i just bet he couldn't find no way to get around it this time but it's allus just so people did sot stays sot they won't look into nothing and find it out for they self and when you find it out and tell em about it they don't believe you tom give him a dime and said we wouldn't tell nobody and told him to buy some more thread to tie up his wool with and then looks at jim and says i wonder if uncle silas is going to hang this nigger if i was to catch a nigger that was ungrateful enough to run away i wouldn't give him up i'd hang him and whilst the nigger stepped to the door to look at the dime and bite it to see if it was good he whispers to jim and says don't ever let on to know us and if you hear any digging going on nights it's us we're going to set you free jim only had time to grab us by the hand and squeeze it then the nigger come back and we said we'd come again some time if the nigger wanted us to and he said he would more particular if it was dark because the witches went for him mostly in the dark 
and it was good to have folks around then. End of chapter 34